Greetings, citizen. Welcome to the show, and thank you for listening. For more of the art of wargaming in your life, definitely check us out on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to support the show, we have a Patreon account where you can do just that for as little as $1 a month. What we can offer will expand as the show does. If you don't have extra funds, but would still like to help us out, you can give us a like, share, or five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to get in touch? Feel free to message us or hit up our email, artofwargamingpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you because we know the world is vast, with many different ideas on tactics and strategy that can be applied to the games we enjoy. Welcome to the Art of Wargaming on the Ear Verm Network. I am Yaga Malark. Today's episode concerns Nashville Armored Combat and some of the excellent fighters I was able to speak with there. And uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. I've just been kind of on the grind uh, recently, working at uh, making sure that the the Knight Codex is is kind of good in my hands. Just picked that up recently. Been running some games. My first game in my league was against a Necron player who had been with his codex, obviously, far longer, and uh, was very good with his army, played his played the objectives well, and trounced me. So I have a lot to work with. I'm examining and re-examining my list just to, to see what I might be able to tweak to make it a little bit better next time. So work in progress, hoping to do a little bit better in my, my next game in the league. Um, otherwise, yeah, um, I think we'll keep the intro uh, nice and short and sweet, and we're going to go into our interviews with some awesome fighters from Nashville Armored Combat. Here with me right now is Kelsey the Killer from Nashville, and I have just watched an amazing bout of combat in your gym. Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what I've seen out there is is very much like any other sort of sporting event. It's a lot like boxing where you have, the, like, there's the seating, there's a really cool announcer, the music, the lights. How, how did this happen? How did this come together? It seems like such a, a, a niche thing to have such a wide audience. Yeah, it has slowly grown uh, specifically in this city. We all started in Mickey's backyard, mm-hmm. uh, training for hours upon hours on just random sporadic days, and sure. then more people started to show up, so we you know, gained more of a schedule, more mm-hmm. of a following, uh, and then there was 10 of us uh, who decided to invest in the business of NAC, and we started that process back in October okay. of last year. And uh, our grand opening was in January, and then we opened officially February 1st. And since then, we have had a Wednesday night fight night, I believe, every single week since then. Uh, No matter what, no matter how many of us are not feeling well, no matter how many people are injured. Like, I've certainly injured myself during one of the fights. As fighters do. As fighters do. (laughs) I was being very stupid. But... um, yeah, we would not be able to do any of this without the community that we've built here. It's incredible to have such an amazing group of people. And what I would imagine is that you've drawn that community to you. From, what, from the presentation that I've seen here, 
I mean, obviously it takes uh, dedicated people in order to make sure that it happens, make sure it goes off, but I can only imagine that it brings in people as well. People who see it and they're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, we for sure. Anytime someone comes up to us afterwards and they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. We're like, no, no, thank you. Because like, <laughs> if, if no one were here, it would just be us fighting. Sure. <laughs> so. Well, you put on a fantastic show. It's, we've got a lot of people... Um, who have had show, like putting on show experience and production mm -hmm. and performing and all of that kind of stuff. So they have brought that to the table for sure. Perfect. 100%. Well, owning this gym, you have to understand what goes into this physically. Because when you're watching it, it's impressive in the ring, but there are so many hours outside of the ring that go into making this as, as impressive and as real as it is. Would you mind uh, telling the listeners a little bit about what that process is like? Well, the process as far as like fighting or the process of like the gym itself. Sure, both. Okay, well, gym itself, I mean, there's setup, there's teardown, there's just, you know, little things like that, maintaining cleanliness, um, obviously. But mm -hmm. as far as fighting, uh, we train, we have classes every single day, mm -hmm. um, and we, we train um, primarily, I'd say, skills, mm -hmm. um, but we also do throw in, like, conditioning and very specific things that certain people need to work on like sure for example my footwork is shit, mm. so like, <laughs> that's something that I have to work on and a lot of us will also train on our own mm -hmm. or we will have private training sessions with each other um, but it's just constant encouragement from your teammates mm -hmm. and members of the other teams sure like, constant constant encouragement but uh, we also have to maintain our armor to make sure that it's safe. Frankie does a fantastic job of that. He actually teaches an armor repair class Wednesdays to kind of prep everything for fight night to make okay. sure it's safe. Okay. And then also Thursdays to kind of repair all the stuff that gets broken on Wednesdays. <laughs> um, so he's our armorer uh, repair dude for sure. And he's awesome. Well, that's something we don't really consider in, in our particular community. I'm part of the Bellegarth community, mm -hmm. and we have armor, and occasionally it needs new rivets or whatever, but it's not metal armor, and it's not having metal swung at it. Yeah. That's a very specific process, I imagine. Yeah, it's very specific. And he's, he's actually been doing this... Uh, him and Ryan have been doing this longer than any of us, I believe. Um, I know they took a break for a while, but they've definitely been in it longer than the rest of us, and they're incredible. I, I've been enjoying watching all of this. And, and like I said, I'm looking out there, and I've worn leather armor within Belagarth, and even that takes a certain amount of uh, endurance, a certain amount of constitution to wear. But what I'm seeing out there is full metal. Yes. How do you condition yourself in order to be able to bear that kind of weight and still be able to be an effective fighter? So, for starters, we don't put anyone in armor for the first couple months until they have trained uh, for a certain amount of time consistently, just because it is very dangerous. We've had that proven multiple times sure. so we've definitely taken that into account to make sure that it's safe for everybody um, once we reach a certain point we will put people in armor for the first time just to have them like feel what it's like and then we initiate them and we'll have one of our veteran fighters kind of break them in uh, during open sparring nights on Fridays mm -hmm. um, and there's no crowd around it for that or anything that's more <laughs> training it's more of a class um, but from there we kind of have them get a feel for it because sometimes it's hard cardio-wise. Sometimes it's hard. You can't keep your arms up. Sometimes you can't move your legs properly. Right. So, like, it's very specific to each fighter. Mm -hmm. Usually everyone's first time in armor just sucks. Oh, yeah. Usually it's just awful. But if you've never worn it before, I imagine. Yeah, because your body's moving. like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to me right, right. now? Right. <laughs> um, 
But again, we will do very specific conditioning and very specific um, like workouts. Uh, like one of the workouts we do almost every class is you've got a sword and a shield and mm-hmm. you have to hold it for 90 seconds. Like a full, a full weighted sword and a full weighted shield. Yes. And then you get 20 seconds rest, I believe. I believe it's 20 seconds. And then you have to do it 90 seconds again, but then we add some footwork. Mm. And then you get another little break. And then we just continuously do that. And it's like a 10-minute conditioning thing. It's mm. god-awful. Uh, and the very end <laughs> is you have to, in your shield, in your shield hand, you have to also hold your sword. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold it straight out in front of you for 90 seconds. Oh my goodness. It can't be up high, and if you drop it, you have to drop it completely and then reset. Now, for our listeners' sake, how heavy are, are these weapons that we're talking about? The shield and these swords? How heavy uh, are these? Swords can range anywhere between like three pounds to four pounds, I believe, sword wise. Uh, shields, I think, are a little bit heavier. I actually don't know how heavy our shields are. That's sure. something I should know. So thanks for asking no, me I, that question. I, I, <laughs> and, and no, it's, it's not an exact thing, but for what it sounds like, I mean, even for us who do a foam fighting game, it is difficult for us to be able to do such a thing. To imagine, and we're dealing with like, what, an 11-ounce weapon or something along those lines? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so what you're dealing with here in terms of just the weight training that is necessary, um, you were mentioning footwork. Mm-hmm. For something like what I do, footwork is pretty easy. I watch like any old um, you know, martial arts sort of footwork training, yeah. heck, even dancing training yeah. influenced what I did. But I don't have the sheer amount of weight to like move in or the sheer amount of weight to move through the weapons. What, what kind of different footwork training goes into that? We actually have a couple of people specifically on the women's team who have had a dance background and mm-hmm. their footwork is typically better than mm-hmm. the rest of us. I have no rhythm whatsoever, so it's okay. just been awful. Um, so... Footwork drills will practice uh, stepping at like angles mm-hmm. and practice keeping our weapon foot forward just because that's typically how we train mm-hmm. and maintaining a wider stance because we try to explain like if you have a more narrow stance, you could get knocked over. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and we'll also do, um, we call them uh, the circle of doom, doom of doom. We've got horrible names for these exercises. Doom. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Where you start off really slow and you have to just kind of penguin walk Mm -hmm. sideways in a circle for a certain amount of time while holding your weapons up. Oh my. And then you do that a couple times and then as you go, you slowly increase to where you're doing a full gallop in Mm -hmm. a circle together. Hmm. And you'll switch sides, go different directions kind of thing. Um, We also have judo classes and that helps a lot with, you know, foot placement as far as like going for throws or Mm -hmm. even just throwing a good punch. Sure. Um... So we'll, we do incorporate some judo and Muay Thai and boxing even. Um, you can work. definitely see the Muay Thai influence out there with oh, some yeah. of those kicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> I've grown to be a very big fan of kicking. <laughs> and, and it's not something we do as much in what we do. Uh, we do we kick shields and that sort of thing. But I was watching some of these kicks to people, and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good like time. It's so much fun. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially when it works, right. like when it does what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying. So this is a fairly, it's violent. Most, it's very violent. Most people would rather sit on their couches and watch this sort of thing. Yes. What pushes an individual to want to get out there into this ring and actually have the, the huevos, the, the balls, the ovaries, whatever you want to say, <laughs> to get out there and do this. Like, it, it's impressive. It's impressive. So it is, it is very violent. Um, and that's a hard question to answer because what we have found is that 
everyone in this community has a similar something in common, mm -hmm. but we all get in it for different reasons. Sure. It's, it is very violent. It's violent on your, like, it's very tolling physically. Mm -hmm. It's very tolling mentally, certainly emotionally. Um, so it's definitely not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we certainly don't. Like, we've had people come, try it out, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. And that's totally fine. Sure. We never want to pressure anyone to do this because it's weird and it's a lot of work and it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I mean, your friends are punching you in the face and trying to kill you. It sounds like a good friendship. time to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think it. there's different things that push different people. Um, what about you personally? Me personally, I didn't think that this is something that I would ever get into. It was kind of like a, yeah, I'll come try it out. And then I did, and I just never stopped. But this is this is the first thing I have never quit just because I wasn't good at it. Right. Like, this is the first time I've just not stepped away from something. Because it's like, oh, I suck at this. I'm done. And uh, the community and the friends we've made and what it's done for me and my mental health. Mm. Like, I probably wouldn't still be here without this because well, it gives you focus it right? gives me focus and it also it teaches you so much about who you are uh, but it's very patient with you oh, sure. it goes at your own pace <laughs> um like i've been in therapy for years but i started getting more out of it when i started doing this hmm. it just it really opens your eye and it's very self-discovering sure well, and, and it seems like it would be extremely What's the word? Cathartic. Yes. Being out there. And, like, and whether you're hitting somebody or being hit, there's just that energy to it. There's the, uh, there's just this, um, any, anybody who's a fighter, you, you understand what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's such a unique experience. And certainly, like, I have zero athletic background. <laughs> see, I, I, I wouldn't believe that you look like you have an athlete's <laughs> body. Like, I just look at it, I can see, like, you laughed and I see your muscles. Your muscles are I mean, I used to, I used to ride and train horses when I was young. Okay, okay. That's the extent of my competing any kind of sport hmm. um i only have one kidney so technically i'm not supposed to be doing it like this well done <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's totally fine oh, outstanding uh I mean, is there anything any other words of encouragement any other sort of of motivation that you might uh say to somebody who might want to try something like this well specifically coming from my experience one of the biggest questions we get is are there any women in this sport mm -hmm. And there are. Sure. And they're incredible. Mm. And just, they're so gorgeous and they're so f just fantastic people all around. And they're all over the country. They're all, all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, and this brings us all together mm. somehow. Even if we're not like, you know, super close friends, like right. we're still connected to each other. Like uh, my helmet uh, has one twin. Like it, there's just two helmets like this in the entire world. Mm. And it's owned by one of the women fighters uh, mm. internationally. Okay. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, nice helmet. And she was like, oh my God, is it you? You have the other one? And I was like, yeah. So <laughs> we're like wanting to fight each other one day. That's how And we'll, you know, the odds of that happening right now, I don't know. But just little things like that. But specifically when it comes to women is that this is this us here NAC is a safe place mm -hmm. to come because it's very violent mm -hmm. and it comes across as a predominantly male sport sure. as most sports do sure. because of society yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we 
we have cultivated a safe culture here mm. and we want people to know that both mm. for men and women like sure. but coming from helping lead women team here the women's team here it's very important to us that women know that it's safe to be here and and that's an excellent place for for women to be too because like you said this is such a stereotypically mm-hmm. uh, a male dominated the fighting is male yeah, the or whatever the case may be and like oh women were never knights in history and it's like the these are Brits. folks who never read about Joan of Arc or Boudicca or, or yeah. anything or, yeah. or the Queen of the Scythians yeah. you know <laughs> but it's also like we're also here now so right what are you going to do about it? Absolutely. And, and it's good. I'm, I'm glad that we have this message for our female listeners being like, you know, th- there is a place for this. Even though it, it seems overly represented by the male. It, it sounds like there's an absolutely fantastic community of women who do this as well. Yeah. And we are fully supported and encouraged by our male fighters. That's like, outstanding. They're one of the main reasons that we are such a safe environment here. Um, never once have we felt unsupported by them. And they always make us feel represented. They always make us feel seen in the most incredible ways. So we we feel safe on our own because we're you know we're we're trained to be able to take care of ourselves. Sure, sure. But we're also very well taken care of right. by our fellow fighters. So it sounds like it's almost a dichotomy in this place where you have this extreme violence, borderline like danger, but also it's a very safe space for people to be and express themselves and train themselves and be a part of the community. Yeah. And we're very mental health conscious here. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I certainly have cried multiple times in my helmet, even during a fight. Hell, I have. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's emotional. And right. even if there's a thing going on in your life and it just all swells up in that one moment, you're like, well, right. and it's awful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, we train as far as like when you're in a fight, you're, you're in a fight. Right, right. Um, and it, it goes to that when you walk into the ring you're walking in respecting your opponents their dedication mm-hmm. to being there right because like it's not just you mm-hmm. so you push through whatever the you can sure when we're training when we're on our own we'll stop right like we we take care of each other mm-hmm. and we make sure that everyone is okay and um also helping each other be aware of our triggers right. so that we can be mindful of that sure um and there is an absolute respect that you see out there. Again, it's a very violent sport. You can see people hitting, like actually hitting each other. Yeah. But beforehand, there's there's the tap of the weapons. Mm-hmm. There's the deference to your opponent. Like somebody goes down, and I, I saw it tonight, somebody took a, a knee hit. Yeah. And everybody backed off immediately. And yeah. the second that the flag was thrown, everybody was very respectful of that. Yeah. Because even though you're out to hurt each other, you're so. not actually out to hurt each other. Yeah, we, we go for pain. We don't go for injury. Right. And we also train to recognize the difference between those two things. And certainly when you go to a tournament tournament, you'll you'll get pain compliance down. Sure. Like you're you're <laughs> done, you're toast. But we're we're friendly here. Sure. Like we're not trying to kill each other, kill each other here. Yeah, I dig it, I dig it. And an actual tournament, maybe a little bit. <laughs> we try to be as safe as we can here. Outstanding. Well, you know what? I, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you guys um, asking me. I very no, much so. you've, you've done absolutely outstanding. And again, this is uh, what out of Nashville? Nashville Armored Combat. And um, yeah. There was, a, there was a house associated with it too. Wasn't there? A, or a clan? Or I remember. Oh, our, uh, our women's team? Yes. yes the yes, Alicorns. Yes. The, the Alicorns? The Alicorns, the yeah. The Alicorns. The Alicorns out of Nashville. 
If you haven't heard of them, check them out. Do you all have a YouTube channel or something We like don't have that? a YouTube, but we have a Facebook and an Instagram. Outstanding. Check that out, y'all. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stick around here and hang out with these folks because they're really cool. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mickey here from the Nashville. Uh, what's your what's your organization called? Again? Nashville Armored Combat. My, Nashville Armored Combat. Mickey, I just watched you rock that cage tonight. You pulled a lot of different moves that were absolutely incredible. And by the end of the night, it seemed as though you were outpacing your opponents, like endurance wise. I was watching you continue to be out there on your feet, fighting well, while your opponents, who were also fighting well most of the night, were flagging. Mickey, I, I was very impressed, and I want to know, in full armor, with heavy weapons, how do you do this? <laughs> Lots of training, man. Yeah? Uh, I mean, all, again, you're right. All of them are great fighters, and thank you for the compliments and everything. Like, um, turn it red, right? Uh, it's just, <laughs> when I'm done with a fight night, or when I'm done you know, teaching classes, I go and do my six-mile run. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm doing my training. So I train myself seven days a week while I'm also teaching classes seven days a week. Uh, so I'm constantly training. Um, mainly I'm trying to compensate for my heart condition that I have right now. Mm -hmm. I have AFib and A-flutter. Um, so when that acts up, I have no strength. And so it's just guts at that moment. Yeah. Um, it'll come and go. So that's why I train so hard. I'm looking forward to seeing what it'll be like on the other side of my last surgery. If I'll just be good like everybody else yeah. or whatever. But... Uh, yeah, outpacing people really just takes um, having a good cardio floor and then ergonomic behaviors when you're out there fighting people, knowing when to give up on throws, knowing when to take, you know, leave takedowns, uh, knowing how to swing your weapon correctly, um, punching correctly, all that. So every move that I do out there, besides the stupid flashy ones that I'm go <laughs> goofing off because I'm just Like that wall fun. run. If you guys are watching <laughs> the YouTube feed, you will absolutely see a particular video of, of, of an armored person doing a wall run to knock somebody that was mickey by the way who was doing that so well, I, I got i did i tried three one worked i got over the guy and then threw him down to the ground because uh, he's tall and the second guy caught me of course yeah, like maybe. running on the opposite side he punched me in the face and it fell over <laughs> like an idiot but um but that, that, that last one we had talked about it we we had me and uh, jacob have been training he's been training a little longer than i have actually um but i'm with a taught him a bunch of stuff about pro fighting because I traveled and learned this information all over the United States studying underneath the best fighters um, that are available to me and um, so he's a really really good fighter and we just joked about it like hey now I'm back out here do you want to do some flashy stuff that you know we don't normally get to do because the skill that we have we have a lot of newer people fighting with us mm -hmm. it just it may not be there yet to they might have to just focus their energy on getting the fight done sure whereas me and Jacob will do silly stuff uh, and so we agreed to, if we made it to the end that we'd try it. And I thought he was going to rock me, dude. I, he's, he's what, 275? And then he's he, a big man. Yeah. <laughs> six foot five, maybe, something like that. And uh, I think I just got higher than him. I just closed my eyes. Oh. I thought I was going to get knocked on my ass. So. No, you were, your eyes were closed for that move? Yeah, I just got up in the air and I threw my fist out. I don't know which one it was, my left or right. I don't remember anything. And I just landed on my feet and was like... <laughs> it looked perfectly executed. Like, and if it was at all choreographed, 
It did not appear so. We at just all. said run the wall, and yeah. it, we we agreed to it, and so we did. And I I think I just got higher than him, yeah. and that's all I remember. So I have to watch the tape to see. What yeah, what uh, again, this will be on our YouTube feed as soon as I can I can remember to put it up there because that was absolutely outstanding. I loved that, and and uh, for what you're saying, again, there's an incredible amount of athletic. Athleticism <laughs> that goes into this—that's obvious. Because again, you're out there in heavy armor with heavy weapons, going at this for a long time. It wasn't just like a half-hour stint. How yeah. long were you guys out there? Uh, technically, I think we were out an hour and a half before we um, switched over. We took the intermission and then did the all v all. Right. Um, so that's usually not how we do things here. We just right. wanted to try a new format. We were going to introduce team fighting because there's a lot of fighters here, and it's—I don't think it's fair to set up one team. That's just going to represent Nashville. Like mm-hmm. We want to set up multiple teams. So the way we do it is it's teams of three to five, mm-hmm. uh, men and women included. Um, and they compete to be the team that travels and represents sure. Nashville. So they, okay. we have a bunch of tournaments. And we keep it at five because when you go to a tournament, technically you're supposed to bring eight. Because mm. you fight with five and have three alternatives. So even if you brought your whole team, if the world leaders wanted to bring their entire team, from Nashville somewhere, they still have to bring three from another team. Okay. So we try to keep it fair. Um, and everybody's a great fighter, and nobody gets on a team because they are trying to build the best team. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're getting people who have the same schedule mm-hmm. and the same attitude about how they fight and same style maybe, and they're trying new things. Like, uh, I was just murking for both teams tonight. I saw that a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, just because a lot of people were sick, so I stepped in. Sure. And uh, every... First and third round, I'd sub out for uh, one of the other teams until <laughs> the Scare Bears didn't have anybody left, and then right, right. I just stayed in for the last three rounds. Well, because injury, real injuries happen out here. We saw that tonight, where there were like I saw a dude go down. I was among the people cheering because I thought it was just a, and it was like, whoa, wait a second, that guy looks like he's actually hurting. Yeah, uh, it looked like Frankie hyperextended his knee real bad. Um, you know, foot sweeps are a big part of our sport because mm-hmm. the idea is just to knock him to the ground because you can get in a very advantageous position. Uh, especially in armor, it's, it, you don't get to slip away from somebody. You go down and you're down, usually. Um, so, yeah, he took a hard kick to the back of the leg and it split him out. Um, I know I kicked him once in the leg and gave him the full splits. Uh, so he, he was just eating shit. And then he was on my team, and then I went to kick the other guy's leg, and I ended up kicking his leg. But they both went down, so cool. Win for me. Um, but, yeah. Dude, hyperextended knees happen a lot. Sure. Um, and it's usually not from the kicks. It's usually from bad uh, takedowns, uh, bad like throws. Um, a lot of people step past people's knees and isolate their knees against theirs and then bend them over it, and mm. it will it'll rip their you know ACLs, a bunch of knee injuries. So now I'm, I'm sure we have some um, people in our community who do the sort of fighting that you do. How do you avoid that? Like, if you're on the person on the other side, and yes, there's bad sweeps, yes, there's bad takedowns, but if you're on the person on the other side of that, is there something that you can do to prevent that injury? Lose. Lose. <laughs> no, literally, like, if you're in a position and your leg's going to get blown out, swallow your pride and go down. Like, you know, like, if, if we're getting paid for this, then, yeah, maybe push through and, like, right. go talk to your physician and then be back in four months or whatever after you get shot up with a bunch of knee like in our sport though right now it's it's a it's a, a sport of passion at the moment we are trying to orchestrate something with all the leagues to make it professional but at this point you're out there just fighting for pride and honestly to honor the other person's sacrifice to get there because it's hard to do right um and it's expensive and so if you go out there and you're going down because of a throw 
you're still going down. Just go down. All you got to do is move your leg a little bit, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to avoid that. Sometimes it is unavoidable, but same thing with every sport that you do. Right. Like it's impossible to keep yourself from injury. Right. All the time. I mean, we do a foam fighting sport, and I've absolutely broken knuckles and hyperextended knees, mm -hmm. and had concussions, even from foam weapons. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine that that's even accentuated by the fact that you're swinging like steel at each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I pulled a lot of my uh, sword strikes out there. Mm -hmm. I didn't go for gaps. I didn't do any of that. I just hit on steel to get them knowing that I'm there. Sure. So, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, no matter what sport you do, you're going to have injuries. Um, we just try to mitigate them as much as possible. And just in general, when we do train here, um, you know, if you go to all the classes and, and, and hang out here and train to get into the cage, you'll be given uh, different workouts that are built around uh, stabilization. So even if I'm teaching you how to deadlift or, you know, overhead press, I'm going to set you up with another workout routine um, that's going to build your stabilizers around it. So we don't skip steps. Right. Um, my personal trainer um, is down in Miami. Uh, he works with Daryu Strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, camp down there. They train MMA fighters, UFC, bare knuckle boxers. Sure. Uh, so they usually check what I'm doing or give me things that they want me to do, and I funnel that down to my my crew. So, you know, no matter what they're doing, I'll make sure to pop in and be like, "Now do this because this will make your shoulder healthy. This will make your knee healthy. Like right. anything that I can do to mitigate some of these accidents, like the better." We've had a lot of people get injured real quick. Sure. And, um, you know, if, if you talk to Kelsey, you would know that, that we don't put people in armor right away. Right. Unlike other camps that will strap you in armor, think you'll get the bug. Right. And then, uh, you know, then you'll be addicted and you'll come and train with them. Like, they're kind of desperate for people to train with them. And when people come here, we're like, here's a sword, here's a tire, and you're going to hit this for about three weeks before I even think about letting you hit somebody else with a foam stick. Right. You know? Kind of like the whole wax on, wax off, making sure that you understand the motions and the muscle memory before you actually get into the combat. Yeah. There's that and the fact that it takes 45 minutes to armor up mm. if the armor like fits you, Right. Um, let alone me running around trying to find you lender armor. Uh, and then you're going to get burnt out and tired like in the first like 10 seconds, uh -huh. right? I build it up to the point where in a month or a month and a half, you're able to put on armor and like get through a couple full one-minute rounds, two-minute rounds, like against somebody in a good sparring match and you get to just enjoy yourself more right. like nothing's more frustrating like I, I train an MMA fighter here and nothing frustrates him more than when he puts on a gauntlet you know and he's not used to that and he has to swing a sword for 15 minutes for me sure and he's just like this is so maddening I'm just like good we need to do that because when you go into the cave if I just put you in armor you would hate it and you quit because when I put on armor I actually almost quit right I got my armor in the mail I strapped it all on me I walked outside it was August and I couldn't get it off. I couldn't walk. <laughs> I just laid there in the sun and thought I was going to die. That was my first time in armor because I never trained for this. Sure. Know? Yeah, it's 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 a miserable experience. Fighting in armor was meant for war, and right. <laughs> it's not fun. Uh, it's fun if you train and you're ready to be right. in armor. Right, right, right. Uh, but nobody should ever do it without training. And and that was something that Kelsey was saying earlier too, is that there is this long process. There is this 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 training that happens before you even touch the armor, mm -hmm. because like you say, it is a totally different world. Momentum generation and making sure that you can actually. And again, looking at you, you make it look easy in the ring. 
looking at that, I'm just kind of like, I could be Neo out there doing the Matrix thing as well. And oh, I'd yeah. be just fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then, of course, I'm looking at you right now with your armor off, and I'm like, no, there's there's a lot of work that goes into this. It's a work, man. Like, um, I mean, I wasn't fit like this or anything that I was at before. I was a smoker and a drinker. Uh, you know, I'm coming up on my two-year. I've been out of the sport for almost just as long as I've been in it. Dang. With injuries and, and heart surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like all this changed. I could probably do 30 seconds on a pell with a stick yeah. and my arms would be tired and sore and my shoulders would hurt and I could barely breathe and running up and down a hill a couple times was awful, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's just like, all right, see you guys. I'm going to, you know, hit this joint and go for a six mile run. <laughs> like, I'll see you guys, you know, at one in the morning, like now it's easy, but it's, it just took every single day of being obsessed about the sport. And the takedowns and stuff like that that I did, that be like you said, look easy. Like, it's not. Um, right. It's really not. It's really exhausting. Um, but I thought the same thing when I found the show Night Fight. Mm. Uh, that's on, it was on Hulu. I don't know what the it's at now. Um, BBC has it probably. But Night Fight looked really easy. And what it was is they would have them fight for like a minute or 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And they get like 20 minute breaks in between. Oh. Right. Yeah, before yeah, they yeah. would do the next round. And they kind of glamorized it and... and I mean, people still got hurt. They still got hips broken and stuff. Like, so they were resting until they were completely, completely fresh, and then fighting again, and still getting murdered. Dang. Like, I mean, fighting for ten grand that'll happen, right? Sure. But uh, <laughs> you're hitting to win really bad at that point. Yeah. So, man, like, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, there's only a couple people that I've like, and a lot of them come from different backgrounds than you think. Mm-hmm. Larpers, um, rock climbers. Trying to think of the other ones. Adrenaline um, junkies. <laughs> uh, dancers, actually. Oh, really? Uh, transition really quick into this. So, Ooh. People with uh, yoga backgrounds as well. Like strong, strong. Like they've taught or they've done it for a long time. Um, mainly because what we have is an endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Um, not just a power generation sport. Like right. the, the tools that we have, the shield and the, and the sword, amplify our efforts. You know, So when I need to do a, a sword strike, I'm only doing a half jab. Right. So I don't even need to be good at boxing in order to swing a sword really hard mm. to crack your hip, you know. So a lot of it just comes from form. Sure. Then more than it ever comes from strength. Oh, I get it. Now, you had mentioned before that like the w- there was a show where people got like ten thousand dollars for winning it. You didn't get ten thousand dollars for winning tonight, but you were out there giving it your all. What motivates you? What what kind of drives you to to go for this this fitness? Goes for this athleticism go for that kind of performance without monetary compensation? Um, so I bought a bus. <laughs> That's an interesting start to a story. Uh, <laughs> I was going to travel around the United States, say goodbye to all my friends, sell it, go to Italy and just walk into the ocean. Mm. Like, that was my plan. Like, I'm a romantic, and blah, blah, blah. But I figured if I'm going to kill myself, it has to be done right. So I was not mentally healthy for a while. And I don't think many people were for the pandemic. So anybody who made it through the pandemic, like... Good for them. Cheers to all of us. <laughs> but, you know, I was just bored with life. And then I found this thing that I really was awful at. And I forgot that I should just be doing things I'm bad at. Like, that's what I, how I got in music. I was like, I was really bad at music. I was considered tone deaf. Hmm. I was not allowed in college for music. <laughs> <laughs> and I still went to college. I got a degree and everything. Like, it's, it's a thing. Uh, I just forgot that failing is okay. I think I had been in too many bad situations where people weren't, wouldn't allow me to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I realized how much it helped me mentally, um, I just dedicated myself to being good so that when I started teaching people and, and making sure that I learned everything that I could to teach people, 
that um, that had some credibility behind it. For so sure. I work super, super hard because I don't really care about winning, but I want my students to feel like their teacher is, 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 is good and is teaching them the right things because I want them to stay dedicated to this sport for whatever reason brought them here. Um, so mine is very much, um, it saved my life and I want to help other people. So when I give my all, it's, it's in, 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 when I push through the things that suck really bad, it's more about, you know, being a good leader for the people that look up to me right now. And that's a weird position to be in right at this moment. Didn't think that a year ago when I was on my back porch, just like training by myself. Um, but yeah, if it helped me, I think it can help a lot of other people. Um, so you find teaching to be a rewarding experience? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, at least guiding people to a way that they can enjoy their lives. Life's pretty. Oh, it can be. <laughs> it yeah. can be, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a tendency to ignore like the, all the microaggressions that people have against like, having to pay rent and then the gas prices. Like we all feel helpless in this world. All this violence put on us, and we're not even allowed to be violent back. Right. And this is like, we can be as violent as possible. And for the most part, your friend turns out just fine. Right. I mean, you know, when I fought Christian tonight, threw him to the ground, just punched him in the face on the ground until right. I was just kind of done with it. That I was be- very entertaining, by the way. <laughs> like I was, I, you heard the loudest dude in the audience. That was probably me. <laughs> Dude, man, yeah, Christian was sick, man. I feel real bad. He pushed through so hard, and like, so I tried some new things and got him to the ground and punched him in the face. But like, he came out okay. Like, he's right. intact, right? We can be really violent towards each other in this particular sport versus like an MMA sport. Like, if I threw him to down and punched him in the face, he'd have a busted eye socket. Right, 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 right. You know, but he had a helm on, so he was he was better protected. Yeah, he had a metal helmet. I had a metal gauntlet. Like, they usually just stop. He's pretty well padded in there, so um, yeah. So we get to be violent when society tells us not to be, which is you know upsetting. I think everybody should understand what violence means and what the consequences are, and we would have less conflict actually because the you know consequences of violence is is devastating. Right. You know if it goes too far. But there's a catharsis Mm -hmm. to what we're doing out there, like what, what you were doing out there with this this violence that is not violence where it is like a, a very gratuitous display of violence, but hopefully we're not actually hurting our friends. Mm-hmm. There's a catharsis in it, though. Yeah, we agreed. Like, this is consensual violence. Um, you know, I wouldn't be out there if the other person didn't want to do it. Sure. And when Christian, you know, stopped the fight, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's as far as you, you, you know, could go. And I'm very thankful that you were put yourself in that position because, like, I haven't fought in forever. And everybody kept saying, like, oh, man, you're just smiling ear to ear. You're smiling ear to ear. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm back I'm in the cage <laughs> sure. for only a couple more weeks, you know, and, and I get to enjoy it as much as I, I used to. Um, you know, that's a lot of reason why a lot of these people believed in me to open this gym was because they saw how much I loved it mm. and cared about it. And they haven't seen that on me in a while because mm. I've been out, you know. But... Uh, it brings a life back to us. I, had, I, I was out, of course, all of us were because of uh, the plague, right. you know, out of, mm-hmm. of doing what we love. And, you know, I felt my, my soul shriveling, as it were. But when I had a sword back in my hand and I was back on the field, there was something that returned about me that wasn't there without it. And I'm sure you feel the exact same way about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially I lost music with the pandemic. Right, right. You right, know, right. the whole industry shut down. Um, I was there the day Zach Brown said, like, I'm selling everything. Like, mm. crazy. Um, yeah. You, you lose a piece of yourself 
in the things that you find passion in. Like some people find passion in their work. I get I get that, but not everybody has, has fits in that puzzle. You know, True, there's too right. many of us to actually fit into the capitalistic. You know, we're not all gears. Right. We have to have something else. Sure. Um, and most people do have something else. They just choose different things. Right. And if yours is is offer or sword fighting or you know painting like you need to have that you need to have it and you can't have that denied like it, it just you won't be the same person and anybody around you who, who loves you or gives a shit about you like <laughs> should be angry if you walk away from something that you care about sure because they're not getting the same person that they love like you should you should work really hard to protect the things that you are dedicated to if it's not for you then it's for the other people that look at you and respect you and like you sure <laughs> I think myself and, and all of our listeners would also agree with that. There's there's something fulfilling about this, and if you have found what you love in life, walking away from it is is detrimental. It's detrimental to everything that we represent. It's detrimental to everything that we love mm-hmm. in this world. And so trying to continue... And again, now we've heard about the fact that you have heart issues, the fact that you're out there with, with health things going on, but you want to be there. It's It's a place that that drives you and it makes you feel alive. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool that you're able to find something like that because this world sucks sometimes. And we all know that. We, you know, we on this show, we study military history and we've been looking at the, the war in the Ukraine yeah. and everything else realistic. And a lot of times the world sucks. And yet people continue to find reasons to carry on. And if those reasons are consensual violence against their friends, that's outstanding. And, and one of the things that Kelsey was saying earlier is that despite all of this violence, despite all of the, the danger again involved, it's a comfortable space. People are welcome. People are, are allowed to be themselves. People are allowed to feel safe in this place. And that almost seems contradictory to what's going on in the ring. I mean, if, if you look outside of our group and look at any other group, uh, football, BDSM, <laughs> whatever, anything that has like a tinge of violence to it, mm-hmm. uh, there are rules set in place. Sure. There is consent given. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, regu- people who keep the regulations in place. So, like, yeah, we were out there being as violent as the rules will allow us, and we're checking in on each other. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you, you saw most of us were hugging each other at the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the second a flag was thrown, everybody stopped. Everybody, like, at the second any sort of fight was stopped, everybody pulled back. Like, there, there wasn't an actual urge to hurt people. There wasn't an actual urge to take people out of, out of commission. Yeah. I mean, we, we wanted to hurt each other. We didn't want to injure. Right, yeah. right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, like, I was looking at Ricky's helmet, and it's just covered with white paint from my shield. <laughs> how many times I just punched him, you know? Oh, yeah. And I knew that he was safe in his helmet. His helmet's very protective, but, you know, it does soften him up. It makes him, like, think about what I'm doing and not what my partner's doing, right. you know? So, but yeah, he, as soon as we started talking about it, he's like, yeah, man, it was putting on a good show. That was good. I was hoping you'd hit me more. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what we do. It's not even, even though it's really violent it's, and it's not a show, it, it, it still is very entertaining. Uh, well, there's this amount of showmanship to it. Again, I, yeah. I watched that fight. And again, you took him to the ground. It would have been easy enough to be like, boom, I'm done. But there was this whole thing and it got the crowd riled up. I'm sitting there cheering. Everybody else is cheering. But, but that's a, almost like a wrestling sort of thing where, where it's, yeah. it's a motion that doesn't actually cause injury. It's not actually as damaging as it appears, but it's very entertaining. Yeah, we, 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 we string that line between uh, 
you know, MMA, which it very much is. You saw punches, kicks, oh, yeah. throws, all sorts real of punches, shit. Real punches, real kicks. <laughs> yeah, um, and most of them landed or hurt or knocked the you know, like, like, people are going to be sore tomorrow. My neck's going to be sore tomorrow. Oh, sure. Um, but then there is the showmanship. We are a bunch of knights. We look larger than life out there. Like, you do. We ask you guys to suspend reality with us and, 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 and address the inner child that you probably left behind, you sure. know, in the toy store when Toys R Us closed. Um, all of us wanted to be that. All of us looked at the at the screen or at the books and said, I would love to be the armored knight. And looking out there in the ring, even if we weren't out there, there was a part of us that was looking at you, being able to project ourselves mm-hmm. into that knightly image and beating the crap of our opponents out of the ground. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I keep forgetting, like, oh, I had a certain castle that had night toys and I was a knight like and I had I was a black and a silver knight sure. like, and it's just all these weird flashbacks of like boxes of Halloween costumes in, in a <laughs> in a garage somewhere in the northeast you know like beating your uh, your your siblings or your friends with a a, 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 a roll for for wallpaper or right yeah like how many people have taken you know some sort of um, wrapping paper yeah and when they're yeah, done yeah. they either lightsabered it or they they used it as a sword like which is a sword. but like <laughs> yeah how many people have pretended they were something that they weren't and mma it's very much that person that's out there mm-hmm. being a badass and then wwe is very much like a soap opera whereas we're strutting that line where it's like this is very violent we have no scripts like we just beat each other with our skills but at the same time, we have these characters that we develop, um, and we don't have to be assholes to make right. you like us either. Sure. Which MMA seems to um, project that, that you need to be a dick. Well, there's definitely a positivity out there. Mm-hmm. Again, people are building each other up. I saw before a lot of fights, people going forward and not just tapping swords out of respect, but there were hugs. There were hugs and actual like uh, camaraderie exchanged. Right before the incredible violence <laughs> happened, but but it wasn't it wasn't a matter of disrespect. It wasn't a matter of of. Um, I mean, you know what I'm saying. You're, you're the one out. There. I mean, we checked on each other a lot, and I was again on both teams tonight. Mm-hmm. So there was more of me going around checking on people, but they all did each other. Like they'd go over if somebody fell down, you know, prematurely because sure. something happened. They'd they'd make sure that somebody got in there and checked on them, mm-hmm. asking each other to have water, like um. It does get a little different when you have people from out of town, mm-hmm. um, but even at that point, like when the absolute carnage is over, like of just smacking somebody in the head with an axe until they are <laughs> unconscious, right? You know, they walk over and they ask if they're all right, mm-hmm. and uh, usually give them a hug. So I don't know. There's something different about this sport. Um, like you said, the word gratuitous. And gratuitous is, is a thing that should be applied to our sport. It is gratuitous violence. Um, because it is a deadly weapon. If, if I didn't have this armor on, I would die. Oh, yeah. From some of the simpler, less violent things that we can do with these uh, weapons, right? right? So at any moment, if something failed, if my helmet weld didn't hold up or the tempering wasn't correct on my arms, I could lose a limb. I could lose... My, my life easily break a nose easily break a jaw yeah yeah at the very least be be maimed mm-hmm. you know and I have like I have been maimed my, my left arm was completely destroyed right you know for a long time I couldn't lift up a shield um, you wouldn't leave that looking out there tonight by the way thanks it's been a long <laughs> road dude I've been it was at Team USA practice and my arm was on a rail 
And since it was practice, I didn't think anything of it. And somebody with a two-headed axe just hit me Ooh. and pulled my arm and shot my tendons out of my back. Yeah, yep, my yep, arm. Yep. So um, fought a few more rounds after that, but I could, couldn't pick up my arm and didn't know what was going on. and Because um, there wasn't any blood. It was just right. an impact wound. It just bleeded out. Right, right, right. So it wasn't really even bleeding much. Um, but I think that level of just, just all out, death-defying violence is what really builds the camaraderie around it. Um, you have to walk at, uh, an edge in the mm. sport. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but uh, at any moment, something can go terribly, terribly wrong. Sure. Um, I think most people who do other sports, like football and MMA, like mm-hmm. or hockey, would be another good example of like a pretty violent sport. Sure. Um, you, you're usually going to walk away mm-hmm. from it. You're usually gonna walk away. Um, only rarely in MMA is even that dangerous. Like, oh, you yeah. get knocked out, cool. They're, they're gonna stop it. Oh yeah. You can't see if I'm knocked out in that helmet. Like, I'm on the ground and you're beating the crap out of me, and I'm just unconscious. Like, you won't know for ten seconds. Sure. Um, I'm sure rules are gonna change to help that, but at, at, at this point, like anything can happen. I got punched in the throat with a shield, you know, and just just coughed my way through the Rolled next through it, minute. Yeah. yeah, like. But if it would have been any deeper, like it would have collapsed my my trachea or whatever the hell this is. Dang. I am not a scientist. Uh, you're an yeah. artist. You're not a scientist. You're an artist, sir. I wanted to be a chemist when I grew up. Oh, really? Since I, since five, man. Yeah. Just you know, music seemed to make more sense. I dig it. But, well, uh, Mickey, I have to say that again, your performance was fantastic, thanks, man. and I really appreciate you giving us this interview. And, uh, yeah, I, I wish you exce- exceptional luck in the future. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. We've got Jacob the Bruiser of Nashville Armored Combat. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I was watching out in the ring tonight, Jacob. And I got to say that your performance was impressive. Thank you. And I I, I very much appreciate you being out there. (laughs) a fantastic (laughs) show to watch. It's it's fun, man. It's exhausting too, but it's fun. Sure. Those are uh, large people out there looking to hurt each other. and. There's such courage to stand up in front of that. Like I, again, I do. I do a, a sort of combat myself. We go out there and we hit each other with foam weapons, oh, not yeah. with live steel. There's got to be a particular amount of chutzpah that goes into that. What makes you want to go out there and get hit with an actual sword? So I mean, my goal is to never get hit. Oh sure. You know, like, <laughs> it's like hi, there's a there's a guy with a huge axe. I'm just gonna like grab him. You know, like sure. my mind says, like. You know, Big Jack out in the ring. He had an axe, and I was like, like I got, I got to make sure I like either get out of the way or like block his axe, or just stay out of the way." Right. You know, so that's my game plan: or block it, <clears throat> hit him first. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, I guess you could say, scare him or intimidate him that I was faster than him. Sure. That's kind of like, you know, kind of almost like a mind game. Sure. Especially with bigger guys like that, they just they, they go out there thinking like, "I'm huge, I'm strong, I got this big axe, I can mm-hmm. just." And I let whoever's in front of me, and then you kind of take it away from them, and you can tell they're like their mic and starts to kind of diminish a bit. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, none, none of my plans worked. Right. So that's kind of how I go. It's just like be faster, 
kind of get in your head a bit. And not let them get in yours. Because, again, with a yeah, big weapon it, like Yeah, it's that. happened to me. Like, <clears throat> personally, for me, like, a big thing is mind game. Mm -hmm. Like, I can, a lot of times when we're fighting, I can read people as they're, like, coming at me. Mm -hmm. Like, footwork, the way their their knees move. Like, if I see someone's knees buckle a bit, okay, like, they're in their head. I did something that kind of made them second-guess what they're doing. Work. They're tired, you know. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of been always been kind of my, like, I would a, a bit of a strength, I suppose, you know. Right. But it's happened um, a couple of weeks ago. I was fighting the, the HMB Longsword Champion, hmm. and dude's awesome. His name is Seto or Spencer. Uh, Spencer. Now, for those who uh, during at our uh, those at home who may not know what that is, what does that stand for? The HMB. Yeah. Uh, Historical Medieval Battles. Okay, and and so like this this person was like he's a big deal. Yes. Oh, he he went to uh, like so each year. Every country has nationals, mm -hmm. and you can go to these nationals. This past year was in February, mm -hmm. and I think San Diego. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, like, melees, five-on-fives. There's duels, you know, different sword and board, long sword, pole mm -hmm. arm. Mm -hmm. And so you can fight your way to the top, and then eventually, if you're good enough, you can take a first place, and then you're invited to go overseas to what is called Battle of Nations, oh, okay. which is basically the Olympics of our sport. And, like, all these countries send their best teams and best fighters out there. Mm -hmm. To represent, you know, each country. Sure. <clears throat> so you can go to these uh, nationals and earn your spot. Like, we're supposed to actually have one here because there's different leagues in America. Okay. So we're supposed to have one here at our gym, but because of the, the Russian tension of Ukraine and all that. Sure. Everything overseas got kind of canceled, postponed for next year or two. So we end up not having it. That was going to be in Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, Battle of Nations. A bit of tension there right now. Yeah. You know, Battle of Nations was supposed to be in Romania, which is, like, right there by all that stuff. So right, 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 right. They kind of just canceled for a while. Um, but, yeah, this guy went to San Diego in February and beat his way to first place in Longsword. And then sweet dude, amazing guy, came down here and wanted to hang out with us and then do a cage fight against me. Mm -hmm. He let me know why he's a champion. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But he did the whole mind thing, like... Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted, you know, it's it's a warm night, it's humid, it's stormy, and I'm just, like, exhausted. I'm sitting down in between my, my rounds, mm -hmm. and I'll look over past my, uh, I had a, my buddy Josh, he was my corner, he was kind of giving me water and all that, so I couldn't mm -hmm. see what's going on in front of me, and I just, he steps aside, and I look over, and I see Seto just standing there, and I was like, oh my god, this guy even tired, <laughs> and he got in my head, like, right then and there, I was like, you, you got in my head, and I was like, I don't know what to do now, mm. like, I was like. I'm already exhausted. Mm -hmm. This guy's not even tired. Right. And then after all the fights happen, it's like, oh, no, I was playing a mind game. He's like, I couldn't sit down because my arm was like making it to where I couldn't breathe. Uh, so he's like, I stood back up to, to be able to breathe. And give the illusion. Yeah, and then every time I would notice you like look at me, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm good. <laughs> Puff the and, chest and then out. as soon as you moved away, I was like, <gasps> like just breathing away. I was like, oh, my God, when is this over? So he was super tired, too, but he put on a presentation that he wasn't, and it got in my head. Sure. So the same thing happens in these fights. Like, I always try to like calm my breathing, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, especially during our breaks. Sure. And we stand back up for like a round two, mm -hmm. and I look over and I see my opponent breathing heavy. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna calm down for the next few seconds, because mm -hmm. you can see like those shoulders moving. You can see I'm breathing heavy. Right, right, right. And I would just calm my breathing down, and kind of you can see that they're looking at me like, oh, this guy's not tired. Right. And I'm like, I'm wore, I'm wore out, and he's gonna just pommel me. Right, 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 right. So yeah, mind game to me is very important. Sure. And the flip side of that is important too. Like I, a couple of times tonight, I saw people who looked super tired, who they were almost 
projecting an aura of fatigue. Mm-hmm. And then the second that the fight broke out, boom, there's this sudden energy. There's this sudden ability to just whoop. And you can see their opponent kind of stagger. Yeah. And they were like, wait a second, where did this come from? I thought my opponent was on the back foot. That's that's actually a very good point. Yeah, like, it's like they give you a false illusion. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, uh, our guy Christian does it a lot. Exactly, that's the guy I was thinking of as you were talking about. Yeah, Christian, <laughs> Christian does it. He'll look super exhausted. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think out of everybody here at our, at our local fighting group, he's probably got the strongest will mm. or one of the strongest wills. Like, they had to drag him off the field, right? right I right mean, there. yeah, this guy <laughs> just will not stop. That, right. That's why when we do our OVLs, he wins most of them. He's hard to take down, and he just, like you said, he looks like he's about to just pass out. But the moment the fight happens, everything just shuts off for him, and he right. goes out there, and he just whoops, whoops ass. You know, he's just great fighter. And I don't know if that's an affectation or if that's just him like being tired until the adrenaline hits and he's ready to go. But it was effective. Yeah, that's not being very effective. Maybe it's a combination of the two. Yeah, okay. like adrenaline kind of kicks over. It's right. like the whole. I mean, adrenaline does has a lot to do with it. Right, 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 right. You know, like I'm always personally, I'm always worse my first couple of fights mm. than I am later in the night. Like you would think, oh, I'm fresh, I'm not tired, I'm gonna do good first two rounds. And for me, it's opposite. Like. The first two rounds for me, I'm just like anxious. My heart's beating fast. My lungs feel heavy. Mm-hmm. I can like taste the air, you know. Sure. And I get a couple of wax in, get hit a few times. I'm just like, okay, I'm good now. I'm, I'm warm. My body's warmed up to the chaos. Mm-hmm. Adrenaline's taking over. Yeah. And then I'm good, you mm. know. So I think maybe that has a lot to do with it. Just the adrenaline taking over and his mental game is just like, I just gotta keep pushing. Right. Until it's over, and that's what he does. Well, and the mental game with this has got to be more extreme, too. Again, I, I, as their listeners know, I do a, a foam fighting sport called Bellagarth. Mm-hmm. And there is yeah. a mental game with that. There is posturing and all that sort of thing. But with what y'all are doing, you're out there to hurt each other. You know, <laughs> like, not actually hurt each other, you know. Yeah. But, like, you're, you're, you're large people in full armor with steel weapons mm-hmm. swinging without real uh, restraint right. at one another with the intent of taking one another down. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of uh, suspension of fear or suspension of, of, of personal harm that has to go into something like this. But in the same token, the reward, the cathartic reward has to be high. I think that's what it is. Like, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to explain. Because yeah. like, I do get in my head about it. Because like, I, do, I do construction for a living. Mm-hmm. A very physical job. And so it's like, if I get hurt, I'm kind of screwed. Right, you know? right, right, right. I don't get to sit in the desk on my com- computer and I can just break my leg and still do my job. Mm-hmm. I, I break a wrist and I'm I'm screwed, you know. So that has crossed my mind a lot, especially if like if I get hurt, you mm-hmm. know, something mm-hmm. happens, and they're just gonna bust me out for day or two. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what keeps me kind of just. Mm-hmm. It's the community, the people. Sure. So like Mickey always talks about. And when we go to fight, it's not about us fighting another person. It's about us respecting their sacrifice. Sure. You know, so it's just like this weird mutual, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, uh, like it's a mental thing. You just yeah. kind of get in your head about it and like you respect the other guy. You, you understand what's about to happen. Mm. And like this primal instinctive thing takes over and you just, you don't really think about getting hurt anymore. Sure. You just got there. <clears throat> like for me I go out there to, to have fun yeah I don't want to hurt them I don't want to get hurt you know give it like 60. but you want to whoop your opponent at the same time 
Yeah, like to a point. Like, you know, when I was fighting Frankie, I saw him getting tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have been rude and just kind of go in and just go for a kill shot, but sure. I don't do that. You know, he's my friend. Oh. Um, so I took a step back. I like let, let him recollect himself, come at me, and I'm just going to match his pace. So I think that, that, you know, so like the way we fight here during the fight nights, I think it's a bit different than when we do it like real life events. Sure. Like if I went to qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And I fought someone like Frankie, and I saw them get them. I saw them get tired. I wouldn't just take a few steps back and let them recollect. I would just push in and just, you know, go for go Battle. for a kill shot, yeah. win the round. It's a real competition. Right. Here, you know, we're we're training. We're we're having fun. Mm-hmm. We're putting on a show for the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting some armor time in. There's no need to kill each other because we got to do it again next week. We got to go to work tomorrow. Sure. So there's like this mutual understanding. It's like let's have fun, let's go fight. Mm-hmm. Let's try to beat each other, but be sensible. Right. Be in control. You know, pacing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we're 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 fighting our friends at this point. We're not. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual enemy on an actual battlefield. We actually have to kill. Where they're they're fellow combatants. They're they're people who we're going to have to walk off the field and talk to (laughs) later. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's like our whole thing. You know, friendship. Right. Like we're we're real good at hugging. Mm -hmm. We're all friends. Like we hug a lot. We also hug it like in judo a lot. We'll be like, I'm about to throw your ass on the ground. Right, right, right. It's like, sorry, dude. You know, that's just kind of part of it. It's a bit weird, I guess. You know, a lot of people don't understand it. Like, my parents, for example, is like, how are you guys friends? And then go out there and beat the crap out of each other. It's like, we're better friends for it. Yeah, it's like, it, honestly, yeah, it strengthens the friendship bond, really. Sure. You know, like weird, physical, violent thing. Hey. I get it. I, I do the same thing with my friends. My my favorite thing to do with my friends is to hit them with a stick. And that bonds us as friends. So yeah. I, I absolutely understand it. But as you said, you're you're in construction, which means that your hands, your arms, your legs are your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Is there yes. something specific that you do with your technique or with your style to help you protect your livelihood within this no. within this community? No? no. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Dude, I'm terrible at that stuff, so, dude. I just for whatever reason my hands are the ones that get hurt the most. Sure. I, you know, I don't know if I just block poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, I judge it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get hit. I get hit in the hands a lot. Like my my first nickname was Jacob the Handbreaker. The Handbreaker. Yeah, and it was like you were the Handbreaker. Yeah, like I wasn't breaking others' hands. It was just uh, I was breaking my own gauntlets in my hands. Good lord. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's not like it was like this flattering anything. It's like oh, he's just big, handbreaking dude. Like now I'm just messing myself up. You know. But, so yeah, I always hurt my hands, like, all the time, hmm. and it, so that kind of sucks at work. Oh, sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't really do anything to prevent it. I just kind of go out there and hope for the best. So what's the what's the trade-off? Like you said, this is something that, that can potentially threaten your livelihood, and yet you get so much out of it. What, what is it that you get out of it that is worth wagering against the rest of it? I think it's just uh, the bond I get with my friends, yeah. you know, the, the people here, um, the the instinctive, like this, you know, the weird animal side of our yeah. human beings, yeah, like yeah. gets to free a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying we're violent humans, but as humans, we all have like 
somewhat of violent tendencies. Oh sure, this, this yeah. is a podcast about war, war games, war yeah. military science, all that. We we know all about humanity's violent okay. tendencies. So yeah, so I mean, you know, back in the day, every man was a me- medieval fighter slash farmer. Like they had to do both. You right. Know? right, right, right. It, it's been always like that, and so it's like it's like a weird, like you get to filter that sort of aspect of yourself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you get to get that out of your system. Sure. I'm not gonna say it's like anger, but it's just like you know, we're all instinctively a bit violent, sure. protective, right, 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 whatever. You know, we want to feel strong. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that kind of helps filter that. Like, I don't know if you'd call it emotion. Oh sure. I, I mean, I've heard. I mean, I know personally, like Bellegarth and other like foam fighting sports, even something light like that, is really good for just like we say catharsis. Is really good for yeah. mental health of getting out some of that some some tension, some of that, even even that insecurity, mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, I can whack somebody with a sword, yeah. I feel better about myself, and I feel better about life, mm-hmm. and I imagine it's very similar for what you it's, do. It, to me, actually, like, I make it, so I do a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of fitness, but I do fitness, like, mm-hmm. li- you know, heavy lifting and all that. I, I can see your arms, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I appreciate that, but, so, it's, it's the same thing to me as, like, deadlifting, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's they, they say deadlifting is a, uh, High risk, low reward exercise. Sure. But the reward is like super grand. Like if you get this really heavy deadlift, mm-hmm. you feel amazing afterwards. Like, oh my God, I just did that. Right. Like how, how could I, you know. So it's like basically I can go sit on the couch and be lazy all day. Or I can go out here and just kind of put my body on the line mm-hmm. and maybe achieve some cool. And that's kind of what fighting is to me. Like, yeah, I can sit at home and do nothing. Now, what brought you to this, by the way? Like, what I, I, brought me? Yeah, what, what, what? Because uh, like, again, there's, there's all sorts of safe ways to, to exercise oneself. All sorts of safe ways to not injure oneself. What brought you to this particular activity? Um, so about two years ago, I was like in a weird place in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff happened, and uh, felt kind of lost without a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like all I would do is go to work mm-hmm. and I'd go home and sit on a couch. You know, like surviving. I wasn't living. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And I was looking for something to kind of like discipline myself. And so I started looking at martial arts because I always wanted to do martial arts and I never have. And so I started looking at the martial arts, a bunch of different schools. Mm-hmm. And it was it was New Year's Eve of 2020. We were going into 2021. <clears throat> and you know, I'd never been a partier, so it was just like me and my brother and a couple of friends come up to my apartment mm-hmm. and just have some drinks and we're watching just TV funny videos or whatever and my buddy was like oh dude you gotta you gotta watch this night fight show like it's all about you know you're all about it and so there's this show on, on history channel called night fight mm-hmm. and I think that's about when it came out and so well, he like showed me like a couple episodes and I was like bro how's this a thing right like, there's no way this is a thing <laughs> so you know I was like I was about to go to do some like Aikido and like some Muay Thai and all that and I was like screw all this wait a second I can hit people in full armor with a sword yeah so you know <laughs> as a kid most of us go out to our backyard with like our siblings or friends and like oh there's a stick man I can just beat the crap Get out of you a dowel and yeah, whack like, each other oh yeah yeah like let's let's be nice you know let's like we're seven years old let's just yeah take a dowel and beat the crap out of you it's fun mm-hmm. and so we you know I did that with my brothers growing up and uh, like would make like homemade weapons and stuff and just be dangerous and goofy sure and so you know being an adult realizing I can do what I did 
15, 20 years ago in real life. And better. And better. Yeah. <laughs> Find a really cool community that does it. That's that's also another thing that kind of keeps me going is the community of people in the sport. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's very welcoming. There's no judgment, you mm-hmm. know. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. Right. What you did yesterday, as long as you didn't just go, like, kill or rape somebody. Sure, sure, sure. You sure. know what I mean? Like, as long as you're a decent human and you just you just try and be good. Mm-hmm. We don't care. There's you, a place for you. You're welcome. You're, you're, yeah. yeah. And for the most part, it's like that all around the world mm. and in America, like as far as I know. Like everyone I've met has been really great. Mm. <clears throat> so that also, you know, it's like this big family essentially. Sure. So that also helps me keep me here. Um, but yeah, it's just the idea of I can be a kid mm-hmm. in my late 20s <laughs> with adult money. Right. You know, I can go spend two, three thousand dollars on this really cool armor, and, and they are cool suits of armor, by yeah. the way. If you if y'all are on the YouTube channel, check it out because some of this armor we're talking about is on there. This this fellow right here that we're talking about is on there in his cool armor, beating people. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, man. It's it's a lot of fun. It looks like it. It's. I mean, it, it like you said, it's it's a certain mindset. Like, yeah. We've had people come out to like our free class because mm-hmm. we always give out free class, mm-hmm. and like you know, is this for you or not? And right. And then we can talk about memberships and do you want to continue coming or not? And there has been a lot of people that showed up once, maybe twice, and they're like, oh yeah, this is a bit too much for me. Right. Or they'll they'll see the the danger aspect. Right. Right. right, right. It's like, oh, I can actually get her doing this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it can. It's happen. fighting. Like I was fighting my friend Frankie, and mm-hmm. I kicked him in the leg, and I. I thought I busted his knee. Luckily, it wasn't anything. It just hurt him. But, you know, back of my mind, I was like, oh, my God. No, I didn't. Like, right. You know, right, I was right. like, kinda, I was freaking out thinking I hurt my friend. Right. Luckily, and, it was That's fine. exactly what we saw, though. When I was watching in the ring, like, the, he went down and immediately, like, I, I admit, I was one of the ones cheering because I was like, yeah, good hit. And then immediately, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah, as soon as it happened, <laughs> I saw him go down holding up on his knee. I was like, waving at the booth. I was like, hey, stop the fight, you know. And then mm-hmm. he's pointing at other fighters because they didn't hear anything. So, like, I went in there and just kind of, like, I shoved my weapon and myself in between the fighters and grappling. I was like, hey, guys, we need to stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this guy's hurt. And then sure. we're all checking on Frankie, making sure he's good. Luckily, it was just, like, a bruising where I kicked him kind of poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But even something as violent as this, something as, as what appears out of, you know, quote-unquote control as this, when somebody actually gets hurt, mm-hmm. everybody's respectful of that fact. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like I said, it's a weird mindset, man. Yeah. Like we're, you almost feel like we're out for blood hmm. when we're out there, but we're not. Right. And when we are concerned for one another, you know, unless sure. just for whatever reason I hate you, which is like never. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like as soon as they get hurt, we stop the fight. We make sure they're okay, and if they're not, then we'll help them get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Christian wasn't doing too hot. He's been getting over like some kind of flu sickness. Right. His endurance out there, though, you yeah. could you could tell he wasn't feeling good, but the, mm-hmm. the man had the spirit. I know. That's <laughs> I what I'm saying. <laughs> that dude just doesn't stop, like, at all. But same thing, you know, he was just not doing great, so I'm like, dude, just just call it. Like, sure. You know, your pride's not going to get hurt if you go for two rounds instead of three. Right. Like, you're, you're over here dying, dude, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and call it. And then we all went out, checked on him, was like, are you okay? And, you know, he was fine. Just sure. exhausted, you know. Right, right, right. But, yeah, that's, that's the thing, is like, we got to fight, be violent, but mm-hmm. also be in very much of control of our emotions. Mm-hmm. 
what we're doing. You know, we're pulling our strikes if we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's we can hurt somebody like really oh. bad. Oh sure, yeah. And we can take cheap shots, which we don't. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's kind of that's what's cool about it too. Is like knowing that I can go fight anybody in there, and like I can trust this person enough to really try to hurt me. Sure, and that's sure. cool too. So we, uh, you had just said, but I, I want to make sure that we iterate. How long have you been doing this? This would be my second year. Your second year. You've been doing this for two years. Close, yeah. And you look that good out there. What, what kind of conditioning are you doing to make sure that you're, you're fit? Because, again, that's full armor. Right? What I do is uh, we occasionally have leather armor, and we have weapons that are 11 ounces. Mm-hmm. What you do is significantly heavier in every single respect. And yet yourself, at two years in, you're holding your own out there. What sort of conditioning, what sort of training goes into actually being able to do that? Well, that's a lot if you want to be really good. Like, Mickey trains all the time. And sure. It, it shows. Mm-hmm. I don't get to train as much as he does just because, you know, work. We're, you know, I'm always busy doing stuff. So I train. I, I don't train as much as him. I, I do fitness a lot basically every single day. Like early in the mornings I go hit the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and... I always end my workout with like some kind of cardio, whether it's a bike for 20 minutes or you know, stairmaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not I don't do like in, in like super intensive conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know over the I'm not gonna say over the years because I've only done it for almost two years, but over the time I've done the sport, I, I've learned to understand pacing mm-hmm. and being like the the mind game. Right, I'm in control of the fight. Right, as it's progressing. You know? I can tell that. You're looking out there, and again, you, you tell me I've been doing this for two years, and I wouldn't believe you <laughs> if you weren't telling me this over the interview because you do have a command over the, the field when you're out there. I appreciate that. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's just the mind game for me. It's very, very important to know where I stand mm-hmm. and to see where the other fighter stands and just, I'm not going to say I'm a control freak, but in that, <laughs> in, in, in that moment, I want to be in control. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to see where you're at. I was like, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna set the pace for this fight. Unless you push me harder, mm-hmm. then I'll push back even harder. Mm-hmm. And it's always worked out for me. Outstanding. Well, it looks like it too. Again, the the show is fantastic. The athleticism is fantastic, and you're looking out there, and you can tell it's not choreographed. It is actual fighting, and mm-hmm. and these are fit athletes. Oh, yeah. there, again, you, you consider this maybe a nerdly sport. People in yeah. you know, being pretending to be knights, but I, I challenge anybody who thinks that this is a quote-unquote nerd community come out here. And f- I was right there in the front row. I could feel those hits. <laughs> like, yeah. I was sitting there on the thing, and I'm like, whoa, my goodness, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's nothing fake about this. There's nothing choreographed about this. This is live steel combat. Yes, sir. It's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. yeah, we don't choreograph anything. It's just... We call it medieval MMA. You just kind of, yeah. you get paired up with somebody, and you, you talk to that person. It's like, hey, what weapon do you want to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you you come to agree on a weapon, and like, all right, well, we got three one minute rounds, we got two two minute rounds, whatever we set up for. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun. All right. And then you know, so like if I do, let's say, <clears throat> judo or weapons class the week before, I'll kind of remember going. It's like, oh man, I was doing this one cool strike. I mean, let me try it for real. Mm-hmm. And it may totally suck or it's maybe it's very effective you know mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I go in there like I'm just here to have fun sure I've learned this one I don't know judo trip let me try it and I probably fell five times trying to set it up but then maybe I get it once and it's super rewarding sure 
No, and, and it looks like it too. Again, it looks like a lot of fun. If I was 10 years younger, I would absolutely give it a try. Um, however, give it a try anyway. oh, you know what? <laughs> My apprentice does something like this, and I, I might just give it a try because I haven't actually gone and watched him, and I need to at this point because that was outstanding to yeah, watch. Man. Mr. The Bruiser, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. That's and awesome. and I, I, I hope you good luck. Thank you so in much. In the future. Thanks for having me. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't had enough of the art of wargaming in your life, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, where I occasionally post funny and educational memes. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, you can email us at artofwargamingpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. Also be sure to check out all of our sister shows on the Earworm Network, including General Nerdery, Word Balloons, Fried Squirms, and more. We're working hard on having something for everyone. And again, you can find those at earverm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M. You can also find that in the show notes. But for now, this has been Yaga Malark, signing off. Mm-hmm.